1: Four minutes into the second period, Brandon still leading the Oil Kings 2-0. That's game four of that series. The Oil Kings are up two games to one. In the NHL tonight, Buffalo beating Toronto 4-1, so the Leafs remain tied with the Oilers in terms of points at the bottom of the NHL standings. They are ahead on the tiebreaker. They've played fewer games. The Islanders beat the Blue Jackets 4-3. The Hurricanes beat the Rangers, also 4-3. Penguins having a great month of March, beating Nashville tonight 5-2. The Penguins go 13-3-2 in March. Still to come, Canucks and Sharks, the Flames are in Calgary, and still going on. The Canadians looking like they're going to get a win in Tampa Bay, up 3-0 late in the third. The Panthers have a 2-1 edge on the Devils. That's also late in the third period. Huberto, both goals tonight for the Panthers. He's up to 18 on the season. Matthew, we were looking on Twitter there. The Panthers got a delay of game penalty because people threw rats on the ice.
0: Yes. That's but they what...
1: gave out the rats as a promotion. 20 years ago, fans used to throw rats on the ice. What did they think they were going to do with them? Not throw them on the ice? Like, well... it's, like it's like giving a, a, a starving man a hamburger and saying, whatever you do, don't eat the hamburger.
0: Hey, at least they weren't real, Reed. Remember they. Remember, they, the, yeah, they were real ones, right? They should real to the rats, ice. rats
1: on the ice. That'd be Ugh, <laughs>
0: that'd be horrendous, buddy.
1: <laughs> By the way, is that, uh, is that the actual sunset? That looks great. Or is that a, is that the window tinted?
0: Could be the actual sunset. Oh, I got my looks, window closed over here.
1: Yeah. Oh, that looks great. So it's already light out, past eight o'clock. Uh, stars lead the Coyotes 3-1 late in the second period. Ottawa and uh, Minnesota tied 2-2. They're almost halfway through the third. Parisi having a good year. He's up to 25 on the season. Rob Suggett is going to join us in about 10 minutes or so. You remember 30 games, 30 nights. He's going to share some memories, and he had some pretty cool experiences this year as well traveling to uh, some NHL cities. So we'll talk to him, uh, longtime Oilers uh, season ticket holder as well, so we'll get some Rexall Place memories. But we want to catch up with our old friend Colin Miller, the head coach of uh, FC Edmonton. Colin, welcome back to the show. How are you doing?
2: Thanks, Reed. Happy New Year. It's great to be back on the show again.
1: Yeah, for sure. Now, i got to ask you, because... Uh, you know, you're involved in the in the sport of soccer, or as it's called in Europe, football. The fans there are known for being so intense. What's the strangest thing you've seen thrown onto the field, or maybe a strange fan tradition?
2: Uh, well, you've got the odd streaker now and again, so there's odd things floating about there for sure. Um, but no, I'd say coins and things like that. I, I, certainly, when I played in Central America. There, uh, there were bags of urine thrown, and the other end thrown at you uh, as you're playing, which is not very pleasant, as, you, as I can imagine. And in one of the games we played for Canada down in Honduras, actually, um, a linesman was hit with a bottle, hit, hit him on the shoulder, and the game was held up for a little while. And the fourth official became the linesman. So, uh, yeah, it can get a bit naughty at times, and uh, as well as the abuse getting thrown onto the field, and uh, that never stops, Reid.
1: Bags of urine, I. I I could keep going with this topic but I'm not sure.
2: <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah, let's uh, let's cut yeah. it off. <laughs> uh Very
1: before good. before Very we good. talk about what's coming up this this weekend, I last talked to you uh when you were in Scotland and I, was it the, the then you were going to play was it the Liverpool development team was that your next game?
2: It was uh, Newcastle United. Newcastle, pardon me, pardon played. me. Yes. And how would you do in that and, match? Uh, Yeah, we tied 2-2. The the players, uh, we we actually played very well and should have beaten them, in all honesty. We were 2-0 down at one point, Reid. And then uh, we got to grips with what was happening and uh, came on very, very strongly in the last uh, half an hour of the game and and finished really well uh, and and scored. I think it was Sadi Jalali scored with a a header later on in the game. But uh, very, very pleased. It was a a great trip for us uh, to Scotland and to the north of England. Uh, The the passion that you spoke about there, the intensity, uh, the aggression, the culture, of course, in Scotland and England about the game, uh, meaning so much to everyone, Uh, and I'm hoping that those experiences, Reid, will will help us on Saturday night down here in Oklahoma.
1: Alright, but before I get to that, I mean, overall, what did you guys go on the trip? You had three wins and a a draw over there?
2: Yes. Yeah, we did, and uh... Yeah, sorry I interrupted you there. No, it's but, I just uh, want to
1: say, re- results aside, did you get what you were hoping for out of this trip or did you learn anything about your team?
2: Yes, we did get what we were looking for. The, the, the first game was a sort of easier game, if you like, uh, Reid. That was a Partick Thistle uh, under-21, uh, Partick Thistle playing the Scottish Premier League. It was their under-21 team, uh, and we beat them quite comfortably, actually. But then the, the second and third and fourth game, uh, were uh, you know a step above of course and uh, so we were well tested the guys uh, actually played I'm, I'm really really pleased with some of the football that the team is playing at the moment uh, arguably the best we've played so far um, since, since I've taken over the club uh, and I'm really pleased the attitude we, we've got a little bit more of an experienced group this season and uh, fingers crossed that experience will help us uh, uh, this, this coming season.
1: All right, FC Edmonton coach Colin Miller joining us. So the season starts uh, on Saturday. You're in Oklahoma City. Is this a new team?
2: Yes, this is one of the new franchises. There's three this coming season. Uh, There's uh, uh, Oklahoma, Miami, and then in the fall season, uh, Puerto Rico will join us. So another nice, easy trip for FC Edmonton.
1: Oh, right. Yeah.
2: (laughs) How long is that flight? Oh, I don't know. It's uh, it, I know that when I was with the Vancouver Whitecaps, uh, they Puerto Rico were in the league at the time before the MLS, and it was the longest distance travelled in the world between two teams in the same league. So it, it's quite a remarkable uh, journey. I, I could have a beard by the time I arrived in Puerto Rico, <laughs> uh, leaving Edmonton. It's uh, it's uh, quite a distance.
1: Hey, Colin, I, you know, in, in terms of Saturday's match, I mean, you've been you've been playing and coaching at a high level. Pretty much your entire adult life, you know the old cliche is: "Well, let's start the game well. Let's let's set a tone. All that kind of stuff." How do you look at this first game of of the season? Can it set a tone? Can it can it create confidence or create bad habits? Um, you know, how do you look at this start to the season? How much importance do you put on the beginning of this year?
2: Yeah, it's a, it's a great question. We actually have posed a little bit of a question to the players. Today at training here in, in Oklahoma, and I said, you know, after 12 seconds last season, uh, in our first game of the of the year, uh, we were one 0 down. After 12 seconds, we actually broke a record in the NASL's history for the quickest goals against, and uh, you know that's not a good way to start. So uh, you know that example uh, is ringing the players' heads here, so that they they now understand that we have to hit the ground running here. Uh, from a defensive point of view, give nothing away. I mean. You know it's a new franchise there'll be hats and balloons and firecrackers the usual stuff going going all over the place so we have to to, to discard all that sort of stuff read and and uh, focus on the job at hand and we've got the players we believe with the mentality that can do that but i i think your point is is very valid here it can set the tone in many ways for the club uh building something for the future because we're our, our game, you know, I don't want to look too far ahead, of course. The following week we're at home against a, a very good Minnesota team, so we'd love to get a, a three point result here on Saturday night. Uh, and I, I believe we're capable of doing it against a, a, a talented, experienced uh, Oklahoma team.
1: All right, the website is fcedmonton.com. You can get the full schedule there. Colin mentioned the home opener next weekend. Colin, we'll have one of your guys on next week to tee that up. Uh, 6 o'clock Mountain Time Saturday at OKC. So all the best in that one, Colin. Really appreciate the update.
2: Yeah, fantastic. Thanks for uh, getting me back on the show, Reid. I really appreciate it.
1: Right on. That is Colin Miller from FC Edmonton. Sometimes you just uh, ask a question you don't know the answer to, and the answer is bags of urine. Uh, you can always text us at 630-630, of course. We've got a special guest in studio coming up after the break. I can tell you it is nothing for Brandon leading the Oil Kings in the second period. He, uh, he did something incredible last season, 30 NHL games, all the rinks in 30 nights. He's from Edmonton. His name is Rob Suggett. We will catch up with him when we get back. This is Matt Hendricks from your Edmonton Oilers, and you're listening to Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio 6:30. Ched. All right, thanks for tuning in tonight. It's 8:18, so uh, yeah, you heard the update right before the break. Brandon up three, 0 now. Halfway through the game, on the Edmonton Oil Kings. This is Inside Sports on 6:30. Chad. One, uh, it was a, a year ago I first met this gentleman. And uh, I, I thought to myself, well, I wonder, I, I wonder how crazy he is. <laughs> I'll turn your mic on there, Rob. <laughs> well, the answer was fairly crazy. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> but uh, no, he did a pretty cool thing last year. Rob Suggett. Rob, welcome back to the 630 Chet Airwaves. How's it going?
3: Great. Good to see you again, Reed.
1: Yeah, good to see, uh, good to see you as well. If you don't remember the name, you'll remember the project, 30 games, 30 nights all 30 NHL cities consecutively, right?
3: Exactly. Starting on April, or excuse me, March 13th in New York finishing up in April 11th for a final regular season game between Toronto and Montreal. Yeah,
1: and which was that in Montreal or was that in Toronto? That was in Toronto. It in the, Toronto. Right. So that's where <laughs> you ended. So you went the 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 website, you still it's still a great website, 30games-30nights.com. Do you still have mm-hmm. the big map on there? Yeah, I, I do. Scroll through your pictures. Yeah. Yeah, I love I love that map. You showed the progression of all the games. and everything. Well,
3: it, it kind of gives you an idea of the distance traveled. And I always tell people it equates to traveling around the world one time. It's 24,000 miles that I traveled in 30 days.
1: <laughs> now, did you ever get to do, say, L.A. and Anaheim back-to-back so you didn't have to do a flight? Did that ever work
3: out? Yeah, I was pretty lucky for the most part. I mean, there were a few long jaunts along the way. And, and, and I mean, honestly, when they make the NHL schedule, they don't think about a guy in my trip. <laughs> Imagine uh, that. I, I learned that. And it was a trial and error kind of thing. I don't know if there's a computer program you could devise. I'm sure somebody could. But I just would map out the trip as I did about six months before I took the trip. Yeah. And I'd get to, like, game 10 or 11. And all of a sudden, i get to a Monday night, and there's only two games. And that's the tough one, and yeah. And that's the tough one. And I'd see that those two teams, I'd already watched them play. But um, there's a few things that I wanted to do. And I wanted to try to catch the California teams three in a row. Mm-hmm. I was able to do that. I started my trip... With six Eastern teams on a row, and my uh, my highlight tr- uh, city in my first six games was Boston on St. Patrick's Day. Oh, that was you know, and I wanted that game to happen on St. Patrick's Day, and they had a game. And what a terrific place to be to watch hockey on that day in Boston.
1: Now, you were also raising some money along the way.
3: Yeah, very important thing. And, and um, trip, as it should be, it was self-funded, and I came up with an idea to to make it a fundraiser. And I've got a close connection and and heart to Make A Wish. And I was talking to them, it was funny, it was, I, I thought about this trip for so many years, and I saw them the fall of 2014 probably, and they said, what are you gonna be doing in the new year? And I said, well, I, I'm planning to take this 30 games, 30 nights trip, and I started describing it to them, and they just love the idea. And then we kinda, at that time, collaborated and came up with an idea to do it as a fundraiser. Now this trip, I talked about it with my friends and family for years, probably 10 years I had the idea. Well, as soon as I mapped this out with Make-A-Wish and told them I was going to do it, then, then there was no back and down for me. So I did it with Make-A-Wish in mind, and the goal, everything seemed to be 30, 30 games, Thirty nights, and the goal was thirty thousand dollars, but it ended up being close to forty-five thousand dollars.
1: Now, was it all contributions from individuals, or did you get some teams who wound up pitching in?
3: A bit of both. In yeah. fact, most most, if you looked when you, when it was active at the the website part for Make a Wish was was individually. Anything from a lot of people like the idea of donating thirty dollars. Of course, uh, and some some people were re- really quite generous. There are a few teams that stepped up in big ways. Uh, one was in it's Surprising was in, I was in New Jersey. And New Jersey was one of those cities where they rolled out the red carpet for me. They heard about the trip. It was game number 16 on my, on my trip, and got the tour of the building, got, got a ride on a Zamboni, which I thought would be the <laughs> corniest thing ever, but I actually had a smile on my face the whole time. And towards the end of the night, they introduced me to the owner of the team. He said, I've got to meet you. And, and I met him at the end of the night. It's now close to midnight. And he said, Rob, and he wanted to know all sorts of things about the trip. He asked questions as good as any interviewer that I had. And, and he said, okay, that's great. And then the guy that took me around, his name is Brent Newkirk. At the end of the night, I get back to my hotel, and he said, uh, the owner of the New Jersey Devils has donated $4,500 to your trip. Oh, wow. And that, that just blew me away. Just gave me goosebumps, and, and boy, I slept well that night. And the other team that, that did something special was Ottawa when I was there. Again, th- the trip started to get a lot of notice, mm-hmm. certainly by, the, by, I'd say, about, probably about game 11 here in Edmonton. First 10 games were in the States. When I got back to Canada where I did Edmonton, Vancouver, Calgary, Winnipeg in a row, it just really took off. And it took off and it got even big in the States. But when I got to Ottawa, which was later in my trip, game number 22, uh, again, the red carpet was rolled out. They did a little thing at uh, a commercial break, and they brought out a check for about thirty-five hundred dollars and, and, f- and a couple of jerseys and things like that. It was just just awesome.
1: Rob Suggett joining us inside Sports on six thirty. Chad, we're reflecting on his thirty games and thirty nights tour from uh, one year ago. We'll talk some uh, some of his adventures from this year and Rexall Place memories uh, as well as we move along.
3: How was your uh, how was your health and well-being throughout this? This journey? You know, I'm not a real young guy. I'll tell you, I'm 54, and, and I could have done a lot easier when I was 34, <laughs> and and it was a bit more taxing than I thought. I mean, at first, when I thought about it, what's so hard about getting up, taking a plane, and going to a hockey game every day? Well, by about game 8, nine, ten, I realize it's not as easy as it sounds. <laughs> <laughs> and, I mean, they were long days, but, I mean, no complaints at all. I mean, sure, the airport stuff, it, it, no one likes to be on an airplane every day. I did 27 trips by plane, two by automobile rentals, and one by train. So it was planes, trains, and automobiles. Oh, nice. Yeah. Where did you take the train? Amtrak from New York to Philadelphia.
1: Oh, that's a, that's a good deal. Th-
3: that was actually a fun ride. And I got there. I had to get there early because there were two afternoon games back to back early in my trip. Game two was, was Philadelphia one PM. The next day was Pittsburgh one PM.
1: Okay. And then did you drive or fly from across Pennsylvania?
3: Actually flew for that yeah. one. It was about five That's hours. A short to flight, dri- eh? Yeah, it was only about forty five minutes or an hour to fly.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Uh <laughs> so what were you were you able to uh like did you sleep well? Did you eat, did you eat pretty
3: well? Or, yeah, yeah. Or regularly, I guess. Well, you know, I, I felt good for most of the trip. There was a part towards the end where I didn't, but, but you know, I never really thought I was going to eat and try all of the different kind of arena food. I learned that early. I mean, you can't eat hot dogs and pizza for thirty days in a row. <laughs> but I always ate a good breakfast, good lunch, and I would usually try to tr- try the most popular arena fare. I always talked the fans. Always got to the arena at least an hour before the game, because I wore this very identifiable jersey mm-hmm. that said 30 games, 30 nights, a big 30 on it, the Make-A-Wish logo, and, and people would come up to me all the time. And I probably had 100 people offer to buy me beer during the trip, and I'd always say to them, you know what, I said, I'll buy you a beer, and just donate to Make-A-Wish, and, and that really resonated with them. I hope they did, and I think they did.
1: Yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> uh, what, uh, is there a rink that uh, that stands out for you, just for either being like a cool rink, a nice rink, or the fans had a great vibe?
3: Yeah, I mean, it's so close, and it's really it was really hard, because I did at the very end, it's on my website, uh, rank the arenas. But the difference between 1 and 7, or 4 and 11, mm-hmm. is really, really close. But the one that I ranked the highest, and it surprised me, Was Nashville. Nashville was actually Nashville was exactly a year ago today, March 31st. Oh, nice. Okay. And and that one, the fans there are great. There's three or four arenas where the fans all wear the jerseys. Calgary's one, sea of red. Washington's one, and Nashville is mustard yellow. Right. And and the fans, when the five-minute countdown starts, they all stand up, and they they make so much noise and they cheer right through to the anthems being sung, and the players start the game. And so Nashville surprised me with, again, the fan enthusiasm. Nashville's having a good season last year. That helped. And the arena is a modern arena. Lots of room in the concourses. lots of things to do there. Uh, Got a great jumbotron. Some of the arenas have beautiful jumbotrons. I can't wait for ours because I know it's going to be amazing here in Edmonton. And the arena location. And this is where I really learned how important that is to enjoying not just the game, but the game day experience. Nashville's arena is located in an area called The, the District on a street called Broadway. Mm-hmm. And if you haven't been to Nashville, you got to go just for that. And if you're a hockey fan, you got to go see a hockey game in Nashville because the excitement before the game, then the game, and after the game, it's amazing. Fans get there early and fans stay after the game in Nashville.
1: That, I'm sure a lot of people are surprised to hear that because that's a, still one of those cities a lot of people say, why'd they get a team?
3: Yeah, but, yeah. well, they, they support their team very well. I think they've been in the league 18 years and, yeah. and, and they've been selling it out pretty good the last two or three years.
1: Now you went to Nash you went to the All-Star game. Yeah. So we got we to talk about that when we get back because I, I know you had a great time there and you got to see the whole John Scott, uh, <laughs> whatever it was. Circus isn't the right word because it, the circus kind of demeans it. It was it was pretty cool, and we'll do we'll do some Rexall Place memories. How about that? Absolutely. You've been going to games for a while. I saw you at a game the other night. I sure did. <laughs> Rob Suggett is in studio. Thirty games, thirty nights. Give him a Google too if you want to check out stories from the trip. We're back after the news.
0: You're listening to Six Thirty Ched Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins.
1: Okay, thanks for tuning in. More with Rob Suggett in about a minute here. I want to update the scoreboard for you. Dallas is up 3-1 on Arizona early in the third period. 40th goal tonight for Jamie Benn. Flames and the Kings just getting started. The Flames were spanked 8-3 by the Ducks last night. Buffalo getting past the Maple Leafs 4-1. Canucks and Sharks just getting underway. The Islanders beat the Blue Jackets 4-3 tonight. Two goals for Tavares. He's up to 29. Pittsburgh, 5. Nashville, 2 is a final. The Hurricanes over the New York Rangers, 4-3. The Montreal Canadiens get a shutout from Mike Condon. 26 saves in beating the Lightning, 3-0. Ottawa edges Minnesota, 3-2. Devin Dubnik takes the loss in that one. And the Panthers, rat-throwing it all, beat the New Jersey Devils, Three two. Matthew, did you say they got a second penalty?
0: They did. They did. Unbelievable that they gave them a second penalty for it. I mean, well, you think the refs would have known by then that the that the fans had the rats? The refs
1: right? got rules to enforce. Let them enforce them. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> I don't even know what I think of that. Uh, Brandon in control against the Oil Kings, up three nothing late in the second period. The Oil Kings do currently lead the series two one. So Rob Suggett is here, thirty games, thirty nights, the uh, tour. So a year ago, what what did you say a year ago today was? A year ago today,
3: I was in Nashville was? for game number 19.
1: Okay, so uh, incredible trip, 30games-30nights.com. Th- Hopefully people are checking it out. There, you'll get so much more <laughs> just by, by, by looking there. And you got to go back to Nashville this season.
3: Yeah, Nashville, again, was one of those cities where they really rolled out the red carpet for me, and they really got a kick out of the trip, this Canadian crazy guy that would go around the arenas Go all the way to Nashville amongst the teams and and see them all play. And kept in touch with folks there, and as we got closer to the All-Star game here in 2016, they reached out and offered not uh, to send me there, that would be at my cost, but to to provide me a couple tickets to enjoy the All-Star weekend. And I brought my son along with me. He wasn't able to join me for for really the trip, so that was my treat to him. And we went down to Nashville for four days, and... You know what? I remember the All-Star Game when here was 1989, and we watched All-Star games on TV. And a lot of Canadian hockey fans, you know, consider them kind of hokey, and they don't really mean a lot. It's not real hockey. But this one was cool, and maybe just not because I was there, but the three-on-three was there, mm-hmm. and you know, the whole John Scott thing exploded, and it just it just made it so interesting to be there for that.
1: So, what was the the Nashville fan reaction to John Scott? Because I mean, I know from hosting this show. Some people thought it was cool, but some people were actually, like, outraged about it.
3: For, for both days, first the skills, then the three-on-three games that took place on the Sunday, the fans were ch- chanting John Scott's name all the time. Whenever he got on the ice, when he took his slap shots at the scales, the fans loved him. He was like the underdog that everybody wanted to cheer for. And then we got to the three-on-three in the final game, and he was playing. I mean, he scored two goals after yeah. all. Uh, <laughs> they, they actually announced what the three MVP people would be and to hashtag them and send it Mm -hmm. but it was a fan write-in vote that really worked and the fans throughout that game that third game the final game they were going John Scott John Scott for most of the game it was great (laughs)
1: <laughs> did you get did they do anything else for you? Did you get to meet anybody or
3: No, you know it was it was a little quieter in that regard. I mean, I was just really enjoying the experience. got there like I said a, a day early there was this, there was the the skills the first day and then the second day was was the game itself. Uh, it's so neat because the arena again is right downtown and and their convention center, which is huge, is right beside the arena and they had lots of activities there. You go in there and and there's a place where you could take slap shots and you could take target practice. And when you're wearing a jersey, and the first day I wore my 30 games, 30 nights jersey, right. the second day, for the game and for also going to the convention center because we did everything both days, I wore an Oilers jersey. I was going to throw it out there. I saw the other jerseys, and I thought, I'm from Edmonton. I'm an Oilers fan, and and let them let them tease me about our team this year. We'll get them back in future years. <laughs> and uh, but it's funny when you go up there and you take slap shots or wrist shots and t- target practice. They expect us to be good up here in Canada. <laughs> <laughs> I did all right. And you are, right? <laughs> yeah, I did yeah. okay. 100 miles an hour every shot. <laughs> sure. Hey, Rob.
1: Yeah, absolutely. That's, yeah. That's, absolutely. <laughs> Rob Suggett uh, in, in studio. He's had some incredible travels, obviously, uh, thanks to 30 games and 30 nights. Now, you are also uh, uh, an earlier season ticket holder for how
3: long? Since 1996. 1996, for, okay. For, for folks that remember... And it's hard to believe this, because the place sells out every game, yeah. and probably for t- the last 10 years, since 2006. In 96, the team was, was real close to going to Houston, and the Edmonton Investors Group kept it here, and, 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 and fans responded uh, with season tickets and other tickets, and where this, this team in the 95-96 season, there were games there was 5,000 or 6,000 fans at some games. Mm-hmm. Hard to believe 20 years ago. And the team wasn't that bad. And so that's when I got involved. Uh, I was able to, to finally afford season tickets at that time. They were pretty reasonable in 96, and I've been a season ticket holder since then.
1: Yeah. So was there, a, I mean, obviously the one cup run, some interesting games and series against Dallas, uh, no playoff games recently, but is, does something stand out to you?
3: Well, there, there's three or four that stand out. Actually, I'll go before I became a season ticket holder. I was a young guy growing up and and didn't get to see my first NHL game until I was about 19. Mm-hmm. And this is, I can tell you when I saw my first NHL game. It was January 28, 1981. And I was a Habs fan growing up. There were no Oilers, so I cheered for the Habs. I right. still like the Habs. And my girlfriend was an Oilers fan. And her dad had tickets. We went to go see the the Habs play the Oilers. Two weeks before that game, the Habs beat Edmonton five nothing. The young upstart Oilers weren't quite there yet, mm-hmm. and I s- and then so I said, "You watch. The Hab's are going to throttle Edmonton tonight. Nine one Edmonton."
1: <laughs> oh. <laughs> but so that was an a sign of things to come in that's the playoffs. A sign,
3: when it was a sign of things to come, and it started to turn me as a fan because as much as I'm a hometown fan, how could you not be? Um, the team was obviously a team going in the right direction. Like, right. I still see this team. And, and I got excited about the Oilers. It didn't take me long to become a full-fledged Oilers fan. But nah. that game, because it was my first game, and watching the game, like, not maybe even hundreds, maybe 1,000 or 2,000 games on TV, hearing then for the first time the clack of the puck,
1: mm-hmm.
3: no announcers. That was weird. Uh, it was an experience, actually, uh, I, I remember very fondly.
1: For uh, younger people, uh, a 9-1 game in 1981 <laughs> is like a 2 nothing game now.
3: <laughs> a little bit, yeah. <laughs> close. close, yeah. Uh, close. Yeah. Uh,
1: there were a few more, though. I remember I went to a game, uh, I, I can't remember the year, it was probably 84 maybe, uh, Edmonton and Minnesota. It was 5-4 Oilers after the first period, and it ended 9-6 yeah. for Edmonton. It's amazing. And, and you didn't yeah. expect it. Like, that was still a high-scoring game, but it wasn't as unattainable as it would be now. I mean, they yeah. happened.
3: Yeah. Yeah, no, it's amazing. And, you know, then watching the team start to win Stanley Cups, still wasn't able to afford not only to, to be a season ticket order, or really to go to any games, but I remember for their fourth Stanley Cup, which they won in 1988, mm-hmm. uh, they were up 3-0 in the series, went to Boston, the lights went out. The lights went out. Uh, and they brought the game, game four back to Edmonton. Yeah. And I lined up, picked up six tickets, uh, went with two friends, sold the other three tickets, ended up really, in, in effect, going to the game for free. And if you can remember, there was the thought and discussion, are the Oilers really a dynasty after winning three cups in four years? Mm -hmm. No question, four and five. So I brought this group of signs, dynasty, and I had D-Y. My friend (laughs) had N A S. and the other friend had T-Y. And we won the game 6-3. We won the cup, which is amazing. And people at that time went downtown to celebrate. Well, I left my D-Y sign, huge, in my seat. (laughs) So there's these three guys running around downtown saying, nasty, nasty. There's the DY missing. We were nice guys. We weren't nasty.
1: Oh, (laughs) man. You'll never live that one down, eh? You left your DY in your seat. Yeah. so uh, since '96, you've been going more regular. I mean, were you at the three nothing comeback against Dallas? Were yeah. you, were you at any of those six games?
3: Yeah, sure. Wa- sure, was it the? I think that was 1997. Yeah, you didn't
1: leave early, did you?
3: No, but I saw everybody that did. And I mean, I th- there must have been only f- four minutes left in that game. I think they were down. That's 3-0. when they got
1: the first goal. Yeah.
3: Yeah, and uh, what an amazing comeback! I think it was Buckberger that scored in overtime. Yeah. And. Just just exploded with excitement in the building. And what I heard is the people that got in their cars, when they heard it was 3-1, then 3-2, some of them tried to get back in time, and, and some did come back in time for overtime, and you probably didn't even need a ticket. They would have let you in. Oh,
1: yeah, probably. Well, Chris Sheets from Kissing Country was on last night. Him and his buddy left that game and then wound up hearing it on the on the radio.
3: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I remind people about that today, That leave and leave when it's 2 nothing. Or even a one-goal game. I don't understand ever leaving a one-goal game.
1: I don't understand leaving early ever. Yeah. I mean, you, you paid for the ticket, which is for the whole game. Yeah. Is, did you leave a movie early?
3: Yeah, I don't get it. And I, <laughs> I calculate it out. Sometimes I go, well, I look at some of these expensive seats that people are paying like $200 a ticket or $300 a ticket. I'm thinking every minute is, is worth 10 bucks. Yeah, good point. <laughs> hockey game. Yeah. Uh, so, that's way I I'm like you, I don't like to leave the game. I like to see the whole thing.
1: Yeah, well, I can't now that I'm working either, but <laughs> I, I I don't as a, as a as a as a fan either. All right, just to just to wrap it up with you, Rob. Are you uh are you are you ready for a new building? Are there things about Rexall Place you were going to miss or, or where do you come down?
3: Oh, sure. I mean, the, the memories will 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 still be there because you'll always have those, but uh you know, the building's brought a lot to to hockey fans, older fans. But more than anything else, and this trip really helped me think about it, is fans should be super excited for a new arena, not only for the building that it will be. Wider concourses, state of art this, jumbotrons that stretch from blue line to blue line, Tampa Bay and Colorado, Um, but the experience of being in a vibrant area before and after the game. Nashville's like that, Columbus is like that, New York Rangers are like that, Uh, Phoenix is a bit like that with their district. It's it's amazing, and, and that's what people are going to get used to starting next year, and I, I can't wait.
1: Yeah, well, that's what it is, right? It's a gathering place. So Yeah, and hockey well.
3: to us here in Canada means so much. That's that's the way we should have it. I mean, they tailgate in football pr- prominently in the States. They tailgate some of the hockey cities, too. We don't do that here, but but why not make it a whole day's event?
1: Yeah. Yeah. Are you going to do thirty games and thirty nights again?
3: <laughs> no, it's a one-time thing. Read uh, <laughs> no, off the memories forever. Um, I, I, if if there is thirty-two teams in, in three years, maybe we'll go back and see the two new teams. But that's as far but as. But
1: not I'll, you'll just yeah just, just do, do two those more. two in a row yeah Vegas and Seattle or whatever it turns out hope, to be yeah I
3: hope Quebec City I really or does.
1: Quebec City would I be hope. great yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah it'd be great to add another Canadian club Rob thanks so much for coming again give people the website
3: thirty games thirty nightscom
1: Whole bunch of stuff on there. Thanks so much for coming in. Thanks, Reed. Pleasure. Back with a final look at the scoreboard, some final thoughts. Inside Sports on Chet.
0: You're listening to Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on Edmonton Sports Leader. 630 Chet.
1: Wow, speaks very highly of the game day experience in Nashville. That's cool. Matthew Panashik, how many NHL rinks have you? I I have not attended rinks in in, like I hardly
0: any. Especially now, I don't travel during the season. Well, for me, just Rexall Place, the Honda Center, and the American Airlines Center in Dallas.
1: I have been to uh, obviously Rexall Place. (laughs) Uh, I went to the Saddledome. I think the second year of its existence. It was after the a couple of years after the Olympics. Uh, I went to a couple of games in Montreal in I want to say March of twenty ten. I think that's it. I have been in uh, Philadelphia. What is it? The Wells Fargo Center is it still called that. Yes. And I've been in the BB&T Center. Oh yeah. In Sunrise, Florida, for the last two drafts. Again, work related. Yep. So uh, that's, I'm trying to think. I don't think I've been anywhere else for a game. I've been in the Air Canada Center on a tour in July. How was it? It doesn't the way. count. It was good, I guess. It was long. It was like 15 years ago.
0: Oh, yeah. You know what's funny? I've never been to an Orders Road game before. I've never seen the Orders on the road. I've seen them so many times at home. Of course, my parents have season tickets, right? So, but I've never seen an Orders Road game. Came close once to going somewhere, but it didn't work out, so. But I've seen, yeah, the Dallas Stars and the San Jose Sharks and the Anaheim Ducks and the, uh, the back then the Phoenix Coyotes before they turned the Arizona Coyotes at the Honda Center.
1: All right. Well, you've, been, you've attended a few NFL games. Yes, I have. And you're the only person I know. Well, no, I know a couple of other guys. You're one of the few people I know who has attended a Formula One race.
0: Yeah that was really cool last year going to Monaco. Reedy. it was an amazing experience and just to hear that those cars go around and hear the the noise. I've been in NASCAR races and they weren't as loud as an F1 race, that's for sure.
1: Well, I mean I covered the Indy here a couple of times and yeah, the just the the noise was was stunning just how loud they are. And I mean you this is the thing, like obviously I knew they were going to go fast, but then when you actually see them I mean, you can't follow them just by moving your eyes. you got to turn your whole body to follow the car going by. Anyway, uh, Rob Suggett's trip, uh, incredible. There you go, everybody. you got to go to a game in Nashville. Best vibe in the league, as he calls it. Greaser texting into to 630, 630 Hey, Reed. when do they announce the world championship rosters? I hope it's loaded with Oilers, including Talbot. I don't want the season to end yet. Do you really think Arizona would trade Ekman Larson for the first pick? I would say that would be unlikely. We should be getting some uh, world championship rosters pretty soon, eh? I would guess uh, Hall's got a pretty good shot to be on Canada. I would think McDavid.
0: No, McDavid's gonna be on the on, no, the, on no, for team. the world championships. Oh, world championships. Sorry. I
1: doubt that we're talking about the world championships, I'm not sorry. the world cup. <laughs> They're two different things. <laughs> I think this guy's uh, this guy's asking about the world championships that are in Russia in May, right? I would, I, I would think Hall and McDavid have a good shot to be on the team.
0: Talbot, I agree. What other goalies are going to be out of the playoffs? Well, Carey Price, if he wants to play, <laughs> I don't think Montreal would like yeah, that Yeah, I too think much, that would right? be
1: unlikely. Uh... Yeah, Mike Smith, he's Canadian,
0: right? Yep. He, I mean, he could play. I mean, he plays on Arizona, right? So, But he's had injury plague season as well.
1: Yeah, he missed 40 games. Talbot yeah. might have a good shot. Yeah, I agree. To be the goaltender there. Uh, All right, 780-496-0063. You can text us also to 630-630. It is 853. Inside Sports, of course, presented by AMA. Be listing Saturday for your Alberta Motor Association's Oilers Hockey AMA Safety and Savings for your family. Tomorrow on Inside Sports, John Short in studio for some Rexall Place memories. You know what I want to talk about, John Short, besides hockey stuff? Is uh, boxing, and specifically a boxing match that didn't happen. Do you remember when Mike Tyson was supposed to t- fight
0: in Edmonton? Well, I was a little bit young, but I remember my dad apparently had tickets for the fight and it got canceled. He got injured or something like that. Training?
1: Oh yeah, or he had a lung infection, something like that. Hey, he was supposed to fight Razor Ruddock, and then he didn't. And then, not long after that, Buster Douglas beat him in Tokyo. One of the bi- pr- probably one of the biggest upsets of my lifetime. Like really, that that because uh, of all the guys that Tyson fought, I mean, he crushed some guys. He was supposed to crush Buster Douglas.
0: Did you watch that pay per view or not? Like seriously? Just I just wondering. Pay
1: per view in rural Alberta, north of Evansburg.
0: You could have had a box back then, we did, we did not. or just phone, we did not. use your rotary phone, and phone the Cowboys yeah, and say, "Hey, <laughs> hello, yeah, you know anybody like- there? Yeah, I, I want the fight, please." I watched it through my television. Yeah.
1: I jury-rigged my Atari 2600 and watched the... I did not... Did you watch the Tyson pay-per-view?
0: <laughs> no, I don't think so. I was too young for that I wouldn't that even stuff. know how
1: to, you could get a pay-per-view. North, of, We did not have a dish or a box or, or whatever you used at the time. So anyway, Tyson lost to Buster Douglas, but he was supposed to f- fight here. So uh, John Short, we'll talk about that. Oh, how about this? Former Calgary Flames forward Perry Bereson scored a really big goal against the Oilers. Well, technically he didn't score it, but he got credit for it. You know what I'm talking about.
0: Oh yeah. If you watch Rexall Place Farewell by part three the orders have put on, Steve Smith talks about that in that uh in that documentary.
1: He's for a sure. trooper for still talking about yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. The Oil Kings are having a tough night, buddy. They are losing three nothing to Brandon after two. The shots are twenty-two eleven in favor of the Wheat Kings. Brandon one for four on the power play oil kings 0 for 4 game 5 in that series is sunday at rexall place oilkings.ca to find out more one final look at the nhl scoreboard nine minutes in no score between the flames and the kings six minutes left in the third dallas is up 3-1 on arizona jamie Benn has his 40th the sabers beat the maple leafs 4-1 the canucks get an early goal daniel Sedin with his 28th canucks one sharks nothing nine minutes in Islanders edged the Blue Jackets 4-3. Penguins beat up the Predators 5-2. Hurricanes over the Rangers 4-3. The Canadians shut out the Tampa Bay Lightning 3-0. The Panthers and their rat-throwing fans beat the Devils 3-2. And the Senators went on the road 3-2 in Minnesota. So two penalties for delay of game to the fans.
0: Hilarious. I think it's funny.
1: Well, I, I saw a, a tweet, a quote from Yager on Twitter that he was unhappy with the refs. He says, you can't be given penalties for that, for stuff fans do at this point of the season. Now, you can also say to the Panthers, don't give out projectiles that are famous in your market for being thrown onto the ice.
0: Oh, <laughs> well, I agree with that too, a, right? It's I mean, also
1: another way to look at it.
0: But you said rules are rules, right? They can't be broken, buddy. So
1: you, Yeah, you should never break a rule ever no matter what you do. All right, that's Inside Sports Tonight. I want to thank our guests. You heard from Rob Suggett of 30 Games and 30 Nights, FC Edmonton coach Colin Miller, Doug McLean from the NHL on Rogers, Morley Scott from our sports department about the Oil Kings, Wheat Kings series, and former NHL goaltender Kelly Rudy joined us as well. Tomorrow, as I mentioned, John Short, Perry Bereson. More to come. We'll have the latest from Oilers practice. Again, the updates today, Nugent Hopkins, Party, Greiba, all day today. We'll see if they can play Saturday, though it sounds unlikely Griba would be able to come back from that. More on the Oilers page on 630 chetcom The studio producer this evening has been Matthew Panaschik. The producer of the show is Dave Campbell. My name is Reed Wilkins. It is always a pleasure talking with you. Have a great night. Waste
3: away, obscured
1: in entire-